We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Albany. I want to thank all members of the media who are here. I want to thank my colleagues from the Senate Republican Conference uh, who are here. I also want to thank uh, Richard Ellenbogen and Wayne Stritzman. Uh, who are joining us today. These are two gentlemen who do not hold elected office, but who are here to talk about, from their perspective, from an employer perspective, from a financial perspective, why the energy policies coming from the governor and our colleagues across the aisle, why they are so disastrous for New Yorkers, for working New Yorkers, for the men and women of labor, as well as for anyone who pays utility bills here in New York. There was just a poll that I saw uh, release the results from Siena that had affordability as one of the top issues on New Yorkers' minds. That, that term gets tossed around a lot. I've heard the governor talk about affordability. We have to make New York more affordable. And she's 100% right, and this conference agrees 100% that we have to make New York more affordable. However, that's sadly where the consensus ends, because what she proposes would not make New York more affordable. It will make New York more expensive. It will make living here more expensive. Heating your home will be more expensive. Retrofitting your home to make it all electric will cost New Yorkers between twenty-five dollars and $50,000 per home, depending on the home. Cap and tax. I know that they like to call it cap and invest. I just call it what it is. Cap and tax will be an additional tax on companies and employers here in the state of New York that they do not face in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and many other states around the country. That will chase jobs out of New York, will chase those employers out of New York. It'll make their costs go up. And I could go on and on. Her energy policies, the governor and my colleagues across the aisle, their energy proposals do not make New York more affordable. They do not make it more affordable to be in New York. In fact, it'll be more expensive and our energy uh, supply will be less reliable at a time when our economy remains unstable and businesses and families continue to flee the state, the governor has offered to put an outright ban on affordable, reliable energy such as natural gas. She wants to electrify all new buildings, 
We talked about cap and tax, and of course the public renewables proposal, which you're going to hear Senator Walzik talked about. He debated this on the floor last week. That would give the state, in this case the New York Power Authority, complete oversight over every aspect of these types of projects. If there is one that Albany bureaucrats, have, if there's one thing they've proved time and time again, it's they cannot do anything more efficiently and effectively than our private sector. I am very, very concerned about this proposal, as is our conference. You're going to hear from Senator Walzik about that. These policies go on and on from our colleagues and from our governor, and our conference remains steadfastly opposed to them and offers, I think, common sense alternatives, not only to make our environment cleaner, but also our, our energy supply more diverse. We need to have a diversified energy portfolio. That is the only common sense, real, serious proposal. There are no bad forms of energy. I was reminded about, I think it was the governor of Oklahoma several years ago during a, a ice storm, just like the ice storm that we saw sweep across the country in New York, I think it was last week, and we're due for another one. When you're in the middle of a, of a, of a crisis, of a storm, there is no bad form of energy. You want every form of energy available to you. That's what a strong state does. That's what a strong country does. We seem to be going in the other direction. But this conference, again, remains opposed and offers alternatives, supporting, again, diverse energy sources, keeping needed power supply online to ensure reliability of our grid, repealing and opposing anti-market mandates on consumers, and, of course, independent cost studies and full transparency. Throughout a lot of the discussions around the CLCPA, around the natural gas ban, no one, including the governor, has been able to really offer up how much it's going to cost and who pays for it. Now, we know who's going to pay for it. It's going to be you and I. It's going to be ratepayers. It's going to be employers. It's going to be employees. That's who's going to pay for it. There's no secret sauce to this. There's no silver bullet. And I think as New Yorkers, we deserve to know who and how much. And Governor Hochul and her allies in the Democratic Senate Conference have been unwilling to offer up any information on that front. And this conference continues to call for that. And I think New Yorkers deserve to know how much it's going to cost them. How much more unaffordable are we going to make New York State to institute these policies that I would tell you are going to have little to no impact on climate change? New York State accounts for 0.04% of emissions, global emissions, 0.04%. Do we really think that we're going to change the global climate from right here in New York? No, we're not. What we are going to do is cause real and permanent damage to our economy, to our energy, supply, reliability, and we're going to drive more people out of this state with no real benefit. At this time, I want to call up um, someone who knows this issue very well, both from a practical standpoint, how this impacts working men and women in New York, but also from a policy standpoint, from a broad 30,000-foot standpoint, 
He is our ranker on the Energy Committee. I'd like to call up my friend, Senator Mario Matera. <clears throat> thank you. Uh, thank you, Leader Ward. And all I really need to say is here is ditto what this man has just said. You know, I'd like to thank uh, Leader Ort for hosting this important press conference to raise awareness regarding our net energy needs for our future, New York's future. And I want everybody to understand, this is just another mandate that bad government is doing to all New Yorkers. <clears throat> thank you to all colleagues for joining us to highlight the importance of this impending fiasco that is going to hurt all New Yorkers' finances food, gas, taxes, that all New Yorkers right now are struggling to pay. <clears throat> and most importantly, I'd like to thank our guests for coming to Albany to raise the alarm on the impact of fuel choice ban that will hurt our businesses, our workers, and our residents. i also like to thank Leader Orr for appointing me ranker on the ranking member of the Senate Energy Committee, it's been very interesting with my colleagues that we were sitting uh, attending certain meetings, like January 19th, the Climate Action Council hearing, Senate and the Assembly, that we were there. January, February 14th, the Senate and the Assembly budget hearing on the environmental conservation. I please, I urge all New Yorkers to go back and watch these hearings. These hearings will tell the tale of, guess what? People getting asked questions, and guess what? And couldn't respond, and just a lot of rhetoric. While those in favor of this idea claim to know how much this will cost, $270 billion they come up with. Where does that number come from? That's lucky, that can handle New York City, the city of New York, it's not gonna do that. It's gonna cost 10 times in that and more. And guess what? Just like what Lita Ward said, Guess who's going to be paying for it? All New Yorkers have to understand, you will be paying for it in your pocket. Right now, you cannot afford having a problem with food prices, with everything else, taxes, ordinary, regular business, what you do every day. You know, it's amazing, too, what's going to happen with this in 2030. All New Yorkers won't be able to utilize natural gas and other fuel options for boilers, stoves, oven, dryers, etc. They're not going to be able to purchase it. So our appliance stores, our plumbing supply houses, they won't be able to sell these items. And you know what's going to happen, everybody? You're going to see a bordering states coming, and they're going to be there ready for New Yorkers to cross the borderline to purchase all of these items. That's how serious this is. <clears throat> Approximately 50% of our New York's electric is generated from other states. I hope everybody understands that. I still haven't been challenged on that number. Using fossil fuel power plants, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. So you know what? What are we going to have? A, we have a bubble and the emissions aren't coming across and we can just sit there and say, wow, guess what? We're emission free. But you know what? Our power source is coming from other states. And you know what? And guess what? Emissions isn't coming our way. New Yorkers deserve better. Our state should be self-sufficient, self-reliant. The problem with New York is we are following suit with California's renewable energy policy. Blackouts, brownouts, governor telling people not to, not to charge their electric cars. We're New Yorkers. We deserve a lot better than that. We are not California. We all support and we are committed to protecting our environment and moving towards re reasonable renewable energies. 
But this mandate, again, is putting the cart before the horse. Governor Hochul, we stand and ready to work with you. But please realize that we need a realistic plan, not an unreasonable ban. And I say this all the time, and my colleagues on the other side don't like this. We need a plan, not a ban. We need to listen to the real-life experience experts who understand the real-life impacts that will affect all New Yorkers as we work to raise awareness of this impending issue. I want to thank Leader Ord introducing me to Mr. Richard Ellenbogen, President of Allied Converters. He is an engineer who will be speaking on common sense government, and I thank him for his time from his busy schedule coming and joining us today. So Mr. Ellenbogen, I appreciate it so much. And just like what Leader Ord said, there's no affiliation to any kind of outside entity or anything like that. He is just, he's, I don't even want to say if you're a Republican or a Democrat, but we don't get into that. <laughs> but this man is just a concerned New York State citizen. Thank you so much. Actually, which will make everybody behind me cringe. I hope they're not armed. I am not a Republican. None <laughs> <laughs> of you have a knife, do you? No. <laughs> uh, I'm an engineer and not a politician. So I have a different perspective on New York State's energy plan than most of the people in Albany. It's more about the science and less about the money. But having been an engineer at Bell Laboratories in their, in their power systems lab, and having run my own manufacturing business for over four decades, I have a fundamental understanding that without the money, you can't do the science. I decarbonized my business and my home two decades ago with planning going back to when Bill Clinton was president. This morning, I drove to Albany from Westchester in a Tesla that is six years old. I provided large amounts of data from my research gratis to the Public Service Commission of New York State that was used to, um, as the basis of a utility conference on energy uh, savings on their transmission system. And they achieved major savings on their transmission system, about the equivalent of adding a 240 megawatt solar array to, to the state. Con Ed has a renewable interconnection solution named after my company as a result of my filing a tariff petition against them to promote easier interconnection of renewables. I have been living the electric lifestyle for two decades, which is where New York State is trying to go. While the state's intentions are good, and I would love to see the state's energy plan succeed, unfortunately, I can safely say that New York State's plan is a disaster waiting to happen because the math and the physics just don't work. I have been speaking with stakeholders and policymakers at the state for over four years now, since early 2019. I provided numbers-dense presentations to state engineers and state regulators. During multiple meetings, they didn't dispute any of my data. I showed them how the energy generated by their planned renewable energy installations would not support the level of electrification that they were about to mandate. The only response that I received was that they would install renewables faster than I was calculating, except I was using their installation rates. I told them that they were ignoring reality because the plan was going to run into money issues, NIMBY issues, and the Jones Act. Very important one, the Jones Act. Anyone that has actually installed energy systems and had to get them approved and running would be aware of these real-world hurdles. However, based upon my readings, it is apparent that most of the designers of this plan have never done anything beyond pontificating from behind a desk and have a minuscule comprehension of the utility system. If it were otherwise, they never would have proposed this. I have also been appalled at the reporting on energy issues from many media outlets that doesn't correctly reflect scientific and engineering reality. 
The press has been misled by interest groups and those engaged in self-deception. However, the net effect is that we have a misinformed public driving politicians to do things that don't hold up under scientific scrutiny and that cannot be realistically achieved. Four years after I addressed the issue with the state, the renewable installations are falling behind what they had projected and what I used in my analysis. The warnings that I gave them in March 2019 are all coming true. This is because interconnection costs are higher than projected and there are not enough engineers available to do the analysis to ensure that new generation can be interconnected without causing faults on the utility system. This is not as straightforward as just dropping some solar panels down and then just plugging them in. Four years ago, the math said at the rate of installation, there would not be enough renewable generation to support the state plan for at least seven decades, 50 years after the state's 2040 date. That is even more true now. Late last year, the NYISO issued a warning that the downstate utility system would be under stress starting in 2023 and going to 2033. It's actually going to go a lot longer than that if this plan keeps going forward. The farther along the downstate building electrification proceeds, the more that stress will increase. Additionally, any renewable generation system is going to need large amounts of battery storage to support the grid when there is no sun or wind. The primary material in these batteries is lithium. Since the summer of 2019, lithium costs have increased at least 600% despite the recent price drop earlier this year, and lithium prices are expected to rise another 15% this year. New York State recently released their six gigawatt energy storage report. Beyond the fact that the name of the document is an oxymoron because six gigawatts is a measure of power and not energy, buried on page 94 of the 104 pages is a statement that 1,000 plus hours of storage will be needed. When I researched energy storage costs about two years ago, the cost for utility-grade storage was $283 per kilowatt hour. Extrapolating the storage cost using only four gigawatts, not even the six gigawatts, for 1,000 hours that two years ago cost yields a bill of $1.2 trillion. That's not a mistake, trillion dollars. Except the report also says that recent costs in New York State for installed storage have been $567 per kilowatt hour, which increases the bill to $2.3 trillion. If we use the full six gigawatts mentioned in the title of the report, that cost rises to $3.4 trillion in a state with an annual budget of about $230 billion. So the storage costs alone, without any renewable generation or grid improvements, could be over 15 times the state's annual budget. And the present batch of batteries would only last about 10 years. There is no way to generate tax revenue to overcome that size shortfall. For that kind of money, you could build enough nuclear plants to electrify the entire Northeast United States that would last seven to eight times as long as the batteries and that would have a higher reliability. The recently passed Federal Inflation Reduction Act allocated $340 billion for renewable projects for the entire United States, one-tenth of New York's projected storage costs. The state plan is short on labor, energy, land, generation, and grid capacity. Public support and money to be able to achieve what they want in the stated time frame. Further, New York State's plan is not revolutionary. Germany has been trying the same thing since 1990 and has failed at it magnificently. After over 30 years, they have only decarbonized 34% of their electric grid. They state that their grid is 42% renewable, but 8% of that is wood combustion that has a higher carbon footprint than coal and twice that of natural gas. The energy costs are twice that of France next door. Germany has recently had to restart several shuttered coal plants to offset the lost energy of their shuttered nuclear plants that, according to the 1990 plan, would no longer be needed by this year. That has not been the case. 
keep in mind that this energy shortfall is occurring without having electrified, enacted uh, vehicle electrification that New York State has mandated in 2035. They have recently acknowledged by their actions that the plant is having major issues and in late November signed a deal to import 2 million metric tons of liquid natural gas from Qatar over the next 15 years. California has embarked upon a similar plan and is having major issues with it and as a result is suffering from rolling blackouts and power failures during times of peak load. California says they are 60% GHG free on their in-state utility system while not acknowledging that they have had to import large amounts of coal generation from out of state to replace the shuttered gas generation and doubled the carbon footprint related to that energy. They are acting as though GHG emissions are cognizant of political borders on a map. Two years ago, energy and failures in Texas during cold weather resulted in between 300 and 700 deaths and $195 billion in property damage. Utility failures in New York, in up, in New York State during extremely cold weather will yield similar results. Climate change is real. I was fundamentally aware of that back in the 1990s when I started designing assistance for my home and business. The state's effort to do something that has the previously documented issues is going to fail and will also not reduce greenhouse gas problems. Beyond that, it is also going to divert resources from projects that could actually help to deliver significant carbon reductions at a much lower cost and could also be implemented far more quickly. The clock is ticking. Our children are counting on us to get this right the first time, which will not happen if the state keeps chasing unrealistic fantasies. Renewable generation can be used to help reduce fossil fuel combustion, but will not be able to support the state's generation needs for many decades. The U.S. Department of Energy has acknowledged this. Why are we trying to duplicate failed programs from other jurisdictions because the alternatives don't meet the standard of ideological purity? Even though the alternative solutions will work as well or better, while also being less expensive, they are, also, they are being dismissed out of hand. No one wants to combust any more fossil fuels than is absolutely necessary. But this quest for the perfect is going to fail miserably, and the end result is going to be both a public health crisis brought on by a lack of energy and an economic crisis resulting from energy costs that will make it impossible to live and work in New York State. Thank you. Senator Matera is going to be handing out a quiz now for all of you to answer. Um, I, I want to thank uh, Richard for, you know, his knowledge, because I can tell you that clearly someone like him has not been consulted or in, involved in crafting these proposals. Because if, if he were, they either ignored him or he wasn't involved. And I think uh, he will tell you, uh, again, these policies. He doesn't come at it from a partisan standpoint. He comes at it from a science and practical standpoint of somebody who knows what he's talking about. Uh, someone else who knows what he's talking about, certainly from an employer standpoint, from a small business standpoint. Now, I want you to remember, remember that this isn't happening in a vacuum. Small businesses in New York already have a host of other challenges and obstacles that they have to overcome or deal with to operate. But imagine after dealing with all of those things, you're then told the very thing that you sell, that you produce, that you make, is not going to be allowed in the state that you live in, that you employ people in. That is where Wayne Stritzman has found himself, and that's why I know it's important that he was here to say a few words at this press conference. So Wayne.
Well, mine is going to be a lot shorter. <laughs> uh, Katie told me I had to keep this to about three to four minutes, so it was uh, a chore, but let's go. Anyway, good afternoon. My name is Wayne Streitzman. Um, we, we started a business in 1977 called Best Fire Hearth and Patio. We started this business in one bay of a three-car garage behind our house. Today, uh, Best Fire is run by a second generation, my two boys, one of which are here. Um, and they support 40 employees and the employees' families. First and foremost, I want to let you know that I agree we need greenhouse gas, need to affect and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. We need to do that. We need to protect our environment and we need to do it for both us and for our children. We know this won't be easy or inexpensive, but it is necessary. The reason I'm here today is to let New Yorkers know how concerned they should be about New York's response to climate change. New York's government-appointed Climate Action Council is proposing to take away our ability to heat our homes with reliable natural gas and propane. The plan intends on taking away your fuel choice and moving your home to all electric. Here's part of the plan that should concern all of us. 2025, no gas connections to new home construction. What that means? If you want to build a home in New York State, your only option is all electric. 2030, existing homes, no replacement of gas furnaces, boilers, hot water tanks, fireplaces, or cookstoves when they need to be replaced. What it means? When your gas heating equipment, including gas cookstoves, hot water heaters, gas fireplaces, breaks, you will not be able to replace them with a new gas unit. You will need to upgrade your home to all electric to stay warm. This comes with a significant cost to the homeowner. This electricity only plan and timeline is both dangerous, irresponsible, and very costly. Doing business or maintaining a home in New York State is already expensive, but this plan will just make it even more expensive. New Yorkers deserve better. Fuel choice is the better to plan. We all know in New York that the weather is cold and unpredictable. Power outages happen way too often and last way too long. The electric-only plan for home heating is a recipe for disaster. It's not dependable, reliable, or resilient. While I agree with renewable energy has merit, but you can only harvest this power when and if it's available. Renewable energy without a storage solution is totally unreliable. Well, our parents, at least my parents, told me, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But isn't that what this plan is telling us to do? For a minute, I would just ask you to remember this. 2021, Texas power outage. 30% of their energy grid comes from renewables. 246 people died. Or, right here at home, 2022, the Buffalo snowstorm. 
46 people died putting all your eggs in one basket? I don't think so. New Yorkers want and need reliability when it comes to heating our homes. Natural gas, propane, wood, wood pellets provide New Yorkers with an opportunity for backup protection when the unexpected happens. Gas generators can, come, can provide backup whole house protection. Gas cook cups can keep food on the table. Gas fireplaces provide zone heating as well as a backup heat source. And they all work without electricity. Today, there are about 7 million homes in New York. And of those 7 million homes, 4.2 million have fireplaces. And 2.1 million have a gas fireplace. A gas fireplace can provide zone heating and backup heat and will operate without power. Let me just tell you a little story about our own shop. Whenever we have a power outage in the area, the phones at Best Fire start ringing off the hook, and it's all hands on deck to answer the, quest, the call, and it goes something like this. My power's out, and my house is freezing. I forgot how to light my gas fireplace. Just add four AA batteries to your battery holder in the base of the fireplace, your fireplace will work. Then they go, Thank God for my gas fireplace. I'm not sure when the power is coming back on. That's just one example of how fuel choice provides this protection. So now it's time for our governor, our legislators, our senators to make the final decision and a plan to reduce greenhouse gases. Your voice need, needs to be heard. Your elected re representatives need to hear what you're saying. The time has come to act. Your elected representatives need to hear what you're, oh, I did that. <laughs> the time has come to act. Our elected officials need to make these difficult decisions for us and be accountable for them. Now is no time for partisan politics or false narratives. As an informed voter, voters can tell the difference between a partisan politician in an elected, effective official. Yes, we do need to remove, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but at the same time, we need to protect New Yorkers when the power goes out. Slow the process down, work across the aisle, embrace technology options, and use all available fuel options to make decisions that will provide a path to the forward. Thank you from all of the New Yorkers. I'd like to call up Senator Mark Walzik. Uh, thank you, Leader, uh, and thank you for sharing your testimonies today. Uh, the Senate Democrats have proposed taking over the entire electrical grid in the state of New York and also all of the renewable energy moving forward in what they call the Buy Renewables Act. The governor has put a portion of this. Chairman Mao would blush at this act. I don't know how else I could put it. This is a, this is a communist government that they're proposing. If you look up the definition of command economy, it's government controlling the means of production, and that is 100% their plan. Whether it is bit by bit in the way that the governor has proposed it in her budget, 
or whether it is Senator Parker's bill that we debated on the floor two weeks ago. They want to completely, and this is way outside of the realm of affordability for every, every New Yorker in this state. They want to completely control the electrical grid. They're saying, we're from the New York Power Authority and the second floor of New York, and we're here to lower your energy bill. Well, I got news for you, gentlemen and ladies. Your bill's not going to go down. <laughs> that very proposal that Senator Parker put on the floor would increase your system's benefit charge by 200% on each electrical bill. And if you don't know what that is, that's because right now it's so small you barely even notice out of all of the fees that they rack up on your electricity bill, you barely even notice that little one that goes to fund the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. But when they buy, co-opt, and yes, by eminent domain, take renewable energy facilities just because they don't agree with the rates that are coming off of them, there's the affordable piece. We're from the government. We'll decide what electrical rates are. If you can imagine this being less expensive for everyday New Yorkers, you're living in the clouds. Their goal is a full government takeover, and where does it fall? It goes on the backs of everyday New Yorkers. So I, for one, am in the, pr in the proud position to stand with this conference and with this leadership to bring forward real proposals, proposals that allow the market to drive prices for energy, allow competition so that those rates can come down, uh, continue to support an electrical grid that's bolstered. Do we all want to see the, the grid get greener? Of course we do. Republicans and Democrats that work in this building want to live in a place that has a clean environment and clean air. That isn't what this about, is about. Do we want to see the, uh, the grid be more sustainable and more renewable? Of course we do. But right now, we're the only conference that is saying, hey, wait a minute, we got to have a, a plan here. We need a plan, not a ban. Thank you for that, my brother. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's because we live in the place of common sense, not in the clouds where rainbows and unicorns and future technology that nobody's ever heard of is going to figure this out. We've done the math. We say this is too, too expensive for everyday New Yorkers. And they say, well, so what? We've got to do it anyways. And we say, well, this will, only, this will only change the needle on global warming for the entire planet by 0.04%. And they say, well, so what? We've got to do it anyways. And we say, well, this will absolutely break the backs of everyday New Yorkers, businesses, and our entire economy in New York State. And they say, well, so what? We've got to do it anyway. Well, I'm here to tell you, New Yorkers, that no, we don't. This is a representative democracy where senators and assembly members get elected to represent the people. And the people do not want to see their energy prices go up. We need to have a more affordable state. And that's why they sent us here. Anywho, they told me I had 45 seconds and I probably went over. Thank you, Leader, for the opportunity. <laughs> Uh, and to close, or at least uh, our last uh, speaker uh, is Senator, from, also from the North Country, uh, someone who's no stranger to this issue, Senator Dan Steck. Thanks, Leader. Thanks, Leader. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak today. Uh, Richard, I want to tell you, uh, your remarks really spoke to me. Frankly, I think they ought to put them on a loop in the break rooms in both the Senate and the Assembly and the, on the, on the uh, second floor. Um, I'm tired of being lectured from the other side of the aisle, from people that claim to follow science, that as you, I think, generously credit them, have a, at best, a middle school understanding of electrical power generation distribution. Um, I am an engineer as well. In fact, I'm the engineering caucus of one 
in the entire state legislature. Uh, I have a degree in engineering and uh, spent the eight years in the Navy's nuclear power program. So I know a little bit about power generation and distribution. And your analysis and your math, it's not complicated math, but it's, it's very true, and, and it should be an eye-opener for anyone that's seriously looking at this issue. Governor Holkins proposed a cap and invest program, which is a billion-dollar tax on all businesses. Businesses that haven't been defined yet, exactly who qualifies or what the parameters are going to be, that's not defined. Um, Two-thirds of this uh, revenue is going to go, presumably, to the general fund because it's also not defined what we're doing with this billion dollars, but it's a billion dollars in her budget. Presumably, this cap and invest program is uh, aimed at lowering greenhouse uh, gas uh, emissions. And this is predominantly what we're talking about here is about energy, because that's where most of this is coming from, energy policy. To emit less gases, you're going to need to do one of two things. You're either going to need to consume less, which is going to drive people and economic activity outside of the state, or you're going to have to transition to some sort of cleaner energy. And unfortunately, for our friends on the other side of the aisle, that's where the discussion stops. They say, we take option B, we're going to have cleaner energy, and that's it. That's your middle school analysis that's been brought to this problem. The infrastructure to do this simply does not exist in New York State. The Climate Action Council has a scoping plan. Their own numbers estimate $272 billion, that's billion with a B, that this is going to cost. That's their number, which means that in reality that number is probably twice that or more. Twenty dollars to $40,000 a year to retrofit homes to go to an electric. That's one to two million homes, and we're going to do all this by 2030. So in the next six years, there's enough labor, there's enough materials, there's enough time to, to and, and money in, in the pockets of one to two million homeowners to retrofit their houses. Not to mention millions and millions of gas vehicles that aren't going to be allowed on the roads by 2035. And at the same time, the proposal is to abandon tens of billions of dollars of usable, still valid infrastructure that's already in place in the ground serving our needs. We're going to walk away, we're going to, and somebody's going to pay for that, we're going to walk away from billions of dollars of, of other alternatives that are currently in use. We're going to build an all-new uh, infrastructure. Now, anyone that's ever spent 10 minutes in gov government, and a lot of us have local government experience. We're very familiar with projects like these. But in six years, we're going to get there. At $272 billion, we're going to design. We're going to acquire property. We're going to get through eminent domain processes and, and NIMBY protests. We're going to have a perfect supply chain. We're not going to have a labor shortage because we've got plenty of labor sitting around right now looking for stuff to do. We're going to increase energy costs, and we're going to lose businesses. We're going to lose tax revenue, and we're going to lose people to other states. And what are we talking about? What is the needle that we're proposing, that the governor and the other side of the aisle is proposing here? Four-tenths of a percent of the planet's global emissions. One of the other speakers says, well, what do we got a bubble over top of New York State? If we eliminated our four-tenths of a percent, does that move the needle on the atmosphere? Clearly not. So why are we doing this? So the first, the, the stated goal is this is going to be better for the environment. I'm not sure four-tenths of one percent is going to move the needle. We covered that. All right, well, when you start pressing on the other side of the aisle, how do you defend that? Well, the next thing that comes out of their mouth is, well, you know what, we're going to lead, though. We're going we're to do it because it's the right thing to do, and if we do it, others will follow. Anyone that's been paying attention to the news for the last century, Russia, China, India, not interested in global energy policy, not interested in clean environment, certainly not interested in what New York State is doing on this front, let alone Pennsylvania and Ohio. Pennsylvania and Ohio will say, we'll take those jobs, we'll open the stores that are going to supply your, your plumbing parts for everything that's going to happen in New York State. 
So it's laughable to say that we're going to lead by example and the rest of the country and the rest of the planet is going to follow. So all that's left here after that is this is a political gimmick. They are making a political statement. They are preaching to their choir. They are virtue signaling that, that they care about the environment and those that oppose this or question it somehow do not. Um, it's, it's absolutely laughable. This whole plan is unrealistic. It's unreliable. It's unaffordable. And, uh, and, and, and it, it lacks even middle school level science and math. Thank you, leader. Thank you very much. Well, not much more to add. I want to thank uh, Senator Walzik, Senator Stack, Senator Matera, as well as our two, uh, our two uh, speakers uh, who bring with them knowledge, understanding of what this really means outside of these halls. It's not just political rhetoric. There's practical impacts, almost all of which will be negative upon New Yorkers. And I want to go back and close with affordability. It's not enough for Governor Hochul and my colleagues across the aisle to talk, to say the word affordability. Just because they can say the word doesn't mean they care more or are doing anything to actually help and make New York more affordable. In fact, Senator Kruger, last December, when she voted herself a raise, she said New York's an expensive state. And she's right. But what she failed to either notice, mention, or understand is she is a reason New York is less affordable and more expensive today. Her votes, her policies, her conference's policies are a big reason why this state has become one of the least affordable in the country. And as my colleague Senator Steck said, but I had to laugh. I don't know what century they're living in. When they talk about New York leading the way, who in the hell is following New York State? Where? Where in the country is anyone following? We're not even leading. We're following California. We're just the number two track going in the wrong direction. So the, the notion that we're leading anywhere except the wrong direction, I think, is, is uh, a fallacy and laughable. Uh, and again, New Yorkers need to understand there is a conference. There are those out there who are pushing an affordable alternative to what my colleagues across the aisle, including the governor, are putting forward. So with that, happy to take any on-topic questions first and then off-topic. Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and negotiate against myself, at least, you know, as far as, like, if we tweak this or her policy, it's a non-starter. The natural gas ban is a non-starter. It will not work in any form that she has laid out. Um, and I think, you know, a great example is to look at California. They, they did this, and they've blown past every deadline they had, every goal. They haven't reached it. And what happens? Nothing. Nothing has happened. So the, 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 the private sector, without, without this CLCPA, we have actually, over the past 20 years, significantly lowered emissions here in New York State through market-based research, through incentives. That's what we should be focusing on. And we also need a more diversified energy portfolio, as somebody mentioned. All we're doing is what's called carbon leakage. So we are, we are importing energy from other states who have lower regulations and uh, uh, environmental standards. So it's actually dirtier power in states that surround us or other states in the country but it's coming in to power New York, but we don't count those energy numbers against our own numbers. So we get to go home 
and pretend that New York is all green and we save the environment when in, act, in fact we might have made the environment less green because we're, we're pushing energy to other states who are going to produce that, who are going to produce that, ship it our way, charge us for it, and they're going to put people to work. I had a, have a graph here somewhere where I could show people afterwards, but right now the proposed renewables for 2035 won't even cover the existing electric grid, let alone any additional electrification. And that, in other words, I'm ignoring everything that's renewable now like Niagara Falls because I'm just looking at the existing natural gas or fossil fuel usage. and. The way I got involved with this was that after the gas bans in Westchester, I was hearing a lot of stuff coming out of Albany, and I was into what people were saying. I just talked to somebody. I said, the math doesn't make any sense. So he goes, do me a favor, let me know. So I made the 60-page PowerPoint, which is available on a website online. I can give you all the things. It's www.savenyenergy.com. It's not from an interest group. I paid for it myself. I don't represent any fossil fuel companies. I just am an engineer. And I see New York State jumping off a building, and I'm just trying to say, stop, there's a better way. And I've been talking to people for four years over that. So the existing fossil fuels won't even be able to be replaced by the renewables for 2035. And you have to keep in mind that building anything in New York State is a chore. We have more lawyers per capita than any place except Washington, D.C. Um, and that's literally a fact. How many offshore wind projects, how many wind farms? Well, even, even a factor of seven, roughly, a factor of seven to really do what they're trying to do. Seven or seven? Seven, at least a factor of seven beyond what they've already got on the board for 2035. He's, he's giving a factor of seven, so, not so no, seven. They need seven times as much as what they have on the board, but they're having trouble even getting to what they had on the board, which I told them they would, because if you read all these studies about where renewables are accepted in places like that, I mean, I could talk to you for about four hours and they're not going to let me. No, but <laughs> we're not. <laughs> okay, and that's really where the issue is. You got another question? I don't believe the goals, Dan, that have been laid out, the time frame is going to be hit. And you just heard from someone who knows farm. I would argue we should not be, we should, I don't believe we should be banning natural gas. It is a clean, it is one of the cleanest forms of, of energy we currently have. It employs tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. The, the job creating factor on the renewable side doesn't come close, doesn't come close. So we're going to put more people out of work as well, um, and and for what? We're not talking about anything about nuclear, hydro, anything about you know natural. So the idea that we're going to just ban forms of energy and say all you can do is electric, electric generated, I think is a mistake from a emergency standpoint, 
It's a mistake from a reliability standpoint, and it's a mistake from a cost standpoint. So, yes, the whole thing, I think, as she has laid out, this, to me, it's a, we're chasing a fallacy that the only answer, and everyone says up here, I know they always talk about, we all support a clean environment. I almost feel that it's ridiculous to have that I have to say that. I breathe the same air. No, I support a worse environment. I want more smog and congestion. Of course not. But, but I would argue that this doesn't get us there. But I can tell you what it does do. It, it, less jobs, more expensive utilities, less reliable here in the state of New York. That's what it does. Nothing for the environment. This will do, this is what we're talking about, will do zero for the environment, global or otherwise. Um, those those were they weren't a full public takeover, and this is the big difference in the in the renewable energy in the Buy Renewables Act, is it allows the New York Power Authority to take renewable energy facilities. So, do I think it's wrong that that the government has cited them in the past and ha and owns nuclear power or owns power facilities? Actually, some nuclear in the past as well. Uh, no, not at all. Um, but I think. If I, were, if I were to comment and make one last comment on the communist side, you know, Mao had the sparrow, and we know how that turned out. If you put, and somebody else said, if you put all of your eggs in one basket, you know how that turns out. And they need to see that the market is better at driving these things than any one person or one chairperson or any political talking point on the left uh, is at driving a good public policy here. To putting everything in wind and solar or saying the government absolutely has the above all solution to all of your problems. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.